0: Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We We come in gratefulness and thankfulness for all that you have done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ so that we might have victory and joy in Jesus all the days of our life, whatever we face, whatever circumstances come our way. Hallelujah for the cross. We thank you for your death for us. We thank you for life. We thank you for victory that comes forgiveness of sins, freedom from our sins so that we might live in victory. Hallelujah for the cross. We thank you, Lord, that we can sing that. So today we come and we ask as we enter this time of worship in hearing your word, we pray that you might forgive us of our sins. We pray that we will set aside those things in our life which have been dishonorable to you as followers of Jesus. Forgive us for what we've said we shouldn't have said. Forgive us for what we've done that we shouldn't have done. Forgive us for where we've gone that we shouldn't have gone. Cleanse our hearts and our minds. We thank you we can claim the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse us from our sins so that we might, again, be filled with the Holy Spirit and be ready to hear and receive what you have for us. May we receive your word, not with arrogance, not in a judgmental way, but may we receive it meekly and gently. And allow the truth of the Word of God to impact the way we think and live. We pray that you might help us as a church to be the kind of people we should be in this part of the world and that Jesus would be honored and glorified through what we do. It is good for us to be together. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this day. And we praise you for the grace of God given to us again in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we honor his name, we glorify his name, we lift him up in the service. May all men and women, boys and girls be drawn to Jesus today. In his name we pray, amen. Well, good morning and good to see all of you who are here today. Welcome, if you're a guest with us, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you. Find your place. I know you have your copy of God's Word. Find your place in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews chapter number 9, we've been on a fairly long journey over this summer, talking about a great, great truth. We've been talking about the fact that if you're a saved person here today, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ is your high priest. And we've been talking about what the book of Hebrews teaches us about the high priesthood, the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. These words are for you today, they're also for you in the days to come, my friend. Look, whatever's going to come in your life, you don't know about that. God already knows. But whatever you're going to face in the days ahead, rejoice because you are saved. And the Lord Jesus Christ is not only our Savior, he's not only our Lord, he's not only our King, but he is, praise the Lord, our high priest. We can go to him with our burdens and our needs. And that's what we've been talking about. And I would encourage you in time to go back and look at what we've said. It's a lot to cover. We haven't always been here, all of us every week, but we'll continue today. We were in Hebrews chapter 9 last week. I've given you time now to find your place. And now we'll begin reading in Hebrews chapter 9. We'll read the last few verses of chapter 9, beginning in verse number 24. Find your place, Hebrews 9, 24 through 28. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands a mere copy of the true one. But Christ entered into heaven itself. Please notice the last phrase. We'll make much of it today. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Let me read it again. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. No, Nor was it. That he would often himself, uh, offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. Please notice the next phrase. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested or he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, please notice the last phrase, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly, await him heavenly father now bless the reading of your word may the holy spirit of God be our teacher today Lord i pray that you might keep us from distraction for just a little while we are distracted people we are caught up in the cares and worries of the world we bring them all in here with us we just we're so we're so moving along please forgive us for our hurried hurried spirit may today we calm ourselves and We thank you for all of our boys and girls and students who also join us today, bless them all. May we hear your word clearly today. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Now our focus today comes from verse number 24 and then we'll expand on this idea. Jesus Christ is the great high priest and as the great high priest, he is now. Boys and girls, uh, students, adults of all ages, This very moment, as Pastor Mike speaks to you here in this place at 11 o'clock a.m. here in Dixon, the Lord Jesus is this very moment alive, gloriously alive in the presence of God for us. He is in the presence of God for every believer in the world today. Praise the Lord. This is such a significant truth. We're going to think today about the Lord and his presence in heaven. But there is something I must point out because three times in, verse, in these verses, we're reminded of the appearance of Jesus Christ. So let me just go through that for a moment. You can mark it in your Bibles. We have a lot of good Bible students in our church. And so the same Greek word for appear appears three times in these verses, 24. This will be my primary focus to challenge you on today and really impress it on you now the Lord Jesus now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 26, when Jesus Christ was on the earth, it says, now once at the consummation of the ages, he has, I read from the New American Standard, been manifested, but the word is the same word, to appear. He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And then in 28, Christ also having offered himself once to bear the sins of many one last time will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly to those who eagerly await him so we're talking about the appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ his appearance his presence and so these things become greatly important to us you know when you love somebody you like them to be with you You love their presence. You love to be with them. You love to have them with you. These things are important. He also mentions several times, Paul does, the importance of this moment, now. So in verse 24, now to appear at this very moment in history. He is appearing now. As a result of when Jesus died on the cross, ascended to heaven, and sat down at the right hand of God, in time, we would count it, but above time, he then From then on, he now eternally sits in heaven and appears in the presence of God for us. In verse 26, now, now at the consummation of the ages, when the Lord Jesus Christ came the first time, it began the process of the last days and last times. We live in a time of God's grace, dear friends. We live in a time of God's grace before the judgment of God comes, when the Lord Jesus comes again. But now... 26, once in the consummation of the ages, he has, been, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And then in verse 28, he will appear a second time. So from that, we'll focus on his appearances. That'll be my observations for you today. Number one, let me give you these three observations, and then let me comment on each of them for a few moments briefly. Number one, Jesus Christ, The high priest now appears in God's presence for, you can underscore, underline the last two words, for believers, for us, as it's written in your Bible, for us in verse 24, for us, in the presence of God for us. Now he appears in the presence of God for us. You know, if you listen to your television, the commercial says the same thing over and over and over to get your attention. Oh, it is the challenge of preachers to try to grab the attention of those who are listening. May I say it several times. Jesus Christ now, now, appears in the presence of God for us. Jesus Christ now, appears in the presence of God for us. Lest you didn't hear me, Jesus Christ now, appears in the presence of God for us. Oh, in case you didn't hear it. Now, Jesus Christ appears in the presence of God for believers. This ought to warm your heart. It ought to be a cherished, precious verse to you. It may not be today, but when that bad day comes in the presence of God, now in the presence of God, now in the presence of God, He appears for you. He is there in that place. Secondly, Jesus Christ, the high priest, has now appeared on the earth, at the end of the world, as the sacrifice for sin on the cross. Now, during during this world, it was created and he came in the fullness of time, born to a virgin, the Lord Jesus. He came as Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrated at Christmas. We thank God for the sending of his son. Hallelujah. For the cross but before that praise God for his birth he became one of us he identified with us now at the end of time as things are wrapping up as God is about to finish what he has to do in his promises and what he has done and what he has said to Abraham in the past and to fulfill his promises to David. All those things yet to become, many of those promises yet to be, now he has appeared on the earth. The Lord Jesus was born like you. He's gone through life like you. He knows what it feels like like you to live. He knows the pains and suffering and temptation like you. He knows he has now appeared and he has been one of us. He is one of us glorified and ascended to heaven with a glorified body and then finally Jesus Christ the high priest will appear again he will appear again on the earth leaving his glorious seed in heaven he will come at the fullness of time again to finish what it has to be done and to finish the work of God on the earth he will come again in these last days especially Paul makes the point to those who are waiting for him. I wonder when was the last time you gave serious attention to the fact that you are waiting for the Lord Jesus to come back. Well, these are the things I want to speak to you about for just a moment. Number one, let's go back to it. Verse 24, Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands. He's describing something here because of what's going on at the same time. The, the, the temple is still in existence and the priests are still doing their work. They're entering and coming out of the holy place and the holy of holies, but Christ has not entered a a physical man-made temple, tabernacle, but no, he has entered into heaven, verse 24, now to appear in the presence of God for us. And in these verses, we have some sweet truths for us. And I want to encourage you by them. Our high priest is for us. This is what I'm saying to you. Let me just expand on what we've said over and over. I could take you uh, to many verses in the book of Hebrews to highlight this. So let me just say them to you. What does it mean for Jesus Christ at this moment to be appearing in the presence of God for us? You know, a lot of us. Uh, all the boys and girls in here, you always love it when your moms and dads and your grandparents and and your friends can come to your ball games or to events at school because you like to have people there for you. You like it when people are around you and for you. A lot of us appreciate uh, cards and letters and emails, texts that someone would think about us and that makes us know that they're for us. And we go to our friends and we. It is a part of the human nature to to, to desire people to be for us, to stand up with us, to help us. Well, there's no one who is for you more than the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a believer here today, he is for you. He is for you. Everything that's happened, he's for you. He was made like us. He was Jesus Christ, our high priest is for us. He was made like us. Jesus Christ, our high priest is for us in heaven because he was tempted like us. Jesus Christ is our, in the presence of God for us and he died for us, Jesus Christ. Is for us today and He represents us in heaven. Jesus Christ is for us today and He intercedes for us at the throne of heaven. And Jesus Christ is for us and He will come again for us who are His people. In addition to that, He is for us and He is paid. The payment for our sin. He is for us today. He is the substitute for our sin. He is for us today. He is the righteous one for the unrighteous. He is for us today. He's the head of the church. He's for us today. He's the heir of all things to the church. He's for us giving grace to help in times of need. You see, now he appears in the presence of God for us. And what did Uh, Brother Bryson lead us to do today. He led us to some wonderful verses. I just, I reemphasize what was read to you earlier. Romans 5a, God demonstrates his own love. Listen, toward us. How does God demonstrate his love to us? Well, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Paul goes on Romans 8:31. We heard it earlier. If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul concludes Romans chapter 8, famous words that many of us have marked in our Bibles. I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, things present, things to come, powers, heights, depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us are you listening it's for you it's for us we will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ there is nothing that will separate us from the love of God in Christ because now the Lord Jesus Christ appears in the presence of God for us all of that is for you all of that is for you this is the glorious grace given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, given to us by the love of God for us that he would send his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is, a, there is a great high priest, set your mind now in heaven. I'm trying to pull your mind away. Look, you got. I understand you got lists this afternoon. I know you got busy, busy things to do. I know you got a lot of appointments this week. I know you have a lot of things you wanna do this afternoon, but let me remind you right now, right now we're trying to think about the glory of heaven. The reality of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ is in the presence of God for you. He is not there for Himself, He is there for you, my believing friend. Whatever you are facing in your life today, He is there for you. Whatever you face in the days ahead, He is there for you. Mark this place 924. You're going to need it. If you don't need it today, you're going to need it in the future. Keep a place on it. Remember, remember this day when we talked about it together. He is now there. Praise God. Let's go there in our minds let's go there let the Word of God take us there to heaven and let the Holy Spirit of God do its work you must learn to live with heavenly mindedness you must Learn how to shed away and push away all the earthbound thinking and the uh, cares and worries of the world. They'll pull you down. We're earthbound, but now we're saved. Heaven bound is where we're going. Set your mind on those things above. This is a great and important discipline for all of us. And now how do I do it? What do I do about heaven? Why I think about the Lord Jesus who is in the presence of God for me. That will change the way you pray. It'll change the way you worship. It'll change the way you talk with other people while you're on the earth. Jesus Christ, the high priest now appears in God's presence for every believer in the world. Secondly, Jesus Christ, the high priest has now appeared on earth at the end of the world as the sacrifice for sin on the cross. Now let's read this together. He says here in two, 25 and 26, you read them together, it's one long uh, thought. Nor was it that he would offer himself often as the high priest. So the high priest come every year bringing the sacrifice. One time was not enough. Year by year, 26. Otherwise, the Lord Jesus, if he did that, would have to die often since the foundation of the world. But now, but now, once at the consummation of the ages, now things are being at the consummation, at the conclusion, at the end of the ages, He has been manifested. He has appeared. He has appeared to, with, without reference to sin. And notice this picture here is before He appears again without reference to sin, He appears to put away sin. This is the problem of the world today. This is the problem, my dear friends, with all of our... This is where you and I have our issue. Why do we need a Savior? Why do we need God with us? Why? Because we need someone who can die for our sins so that we can be forgiven, so that there's a bridge to life, so that a holy God can be satisfied by and his justice satisfied, and the mercy of God come to us through Jesus Christ. This is critical for all of us today. If you're, if you're saved here today, Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross put away sin. Dealt with the sin issue. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you still have an issue that must be settled. Oh, Jesus Christ has died for sin, but you must believe and receive that to be true for your life. This is critical for us to know. It's important for us to see that he put away sin because he put away sin. Listen, this is important. If you're a believer, he put away sin. That means you can put away sin by the power of the Holy Spirit some of us have fallen into sin as a believer we've gone back and sin we're in a condition right now we ought not to be in because jesus died for our sins but we have some little darling loving little sin nobody else knows it's a secret little sin it's a wonderful little sin we love this little sin we have it's something we've gone to for a long time in our life Oh, we've trusted christ we've confessed our sin but it seems like we've just Seem to hold on to this one This one little darling sin just keeps drawing us back. We're tempted and we find it and we go there. The Lord said, if your right eye offends you, pull it out. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. Is he saying to maim yourself? No, he's talking about secret little sins that find their way into believers' lives. You see, we're here and we must put to death sin every day in our life. This is what keeps us from being corrupted and by the power of the Holy Spirit we put away sin why and how because Jesus Christ died for sin and because he died for sin the death of sin has taken place it's put away it's put away what did John say that our dear sister read to us today the Lord Jesus has come to be our advocate and if we sin you see this is the promise The promise is victory over our sin through Jesus Christ. So what do we do when we sin? We confess our sin to the Lord. We get rid of it. We deal with it. But for some of you here today, sin has killed you. You're dead in your sin. You have no desire for God. You have no desire for spiritual things. You're dead in your sins. You've never been saved. You've never come to Christ. Well, we read in verse number 26 that he That he has been, Jesus Christ appeared to put away sin, please notice, by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus Christ died for sin himself. There never was a high priest who died for the sins of Israel. The Lord Jesus Christ died himself for sins. If you have your Bible open, chapter 9, verse 12, not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all. Please notice, having obtained eternal salvation. So you see, friends, Jesus Christ has now appeared on the earth at the end of the world as the sacrifice for sin on the cross so sin can be put away. Now you can deal with sin in your life. Now you can deal with it. Now you can deal with it. Before, it controlled you. Now you can break free and you can overcome. That's why the old hymn is so good, free from the law Oh, happy condition, Jesus has bled and there is remission. Once for all, oh sinner, receive it. Once for all, oh friend, now believe it. Cling to the cross. The burden will fall and Christ has redeemed us once for all. Once for all. He is now, praise God, our high priest in the presence of God for us. And he is Emmanuel. God with us who put away sin for us. I must say this to you. Please hear me. The God who is with us is the God who is for us. The Lord Jesus Christ. Is anyone glad to hear that today? I certainly am. Finally, today Jesus Christ, the high priest, will appear again on the earth in these last days to those who are awaiting him. So I must come and read to you verses 27 and 28. There are one complete thought. You can't break them apart. You must read these words together. If you have your Bible, you know that your grammar teacher taught you what a comma is. Notice in 27. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment, so Christ also. One thought. Having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time. For salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Oh, look, I must pause now. I must pause now and say something to you very, very important. There is appointed a time. There is appointed a time for all men to die. I'm speaking to everyone here today and all of us have a birthday and a death day. There is an appointed time when all of us will die. All of us face the reality of death. Death is a reality for every one of us in this room. Some people live as if they'll never die. Some people are shocked when they go to a funeral that someone died. People somehow live with this insulated idea, I'm going to have as much around me as I can, but I'm never gonna think about dying as I've mentioned to this church before. Uh, the man who, is, who lives in this town, he told me, I do not drive by any of the cemeteries. Why is that? Well, I don't want to be reminded that I'm going to die. But whether you, you just told me, though you don't drive by the cemetery, you're going to die. Death is a reality that little babies die. Little children die. Students die. Young adults die. Middle-aged adults die. And old people die. I have spent my years here conducting many, many funerals and one day the preacher here will die and one day you will die. It is appointed for... So, you see, because sin is so grave, this final enemy still lurks. But praise God, even if we die in Jesus Christ, we live. That's eternal life in Christ. But, oh, listen, you'll never appreciate eternal life till you understand you, you are going to die. It is appointed. It is appointed for men to die once. But wait a minute. There's something else. When you die, you don't die like an animal. You don't die like a dog. You die. And there's a judgment on your soul after you are dead. There is a judgment on your life. There stands, there stands in the future, something that is a terrifying thought, For all of those, I'm speaking now, there are two judgments. There's a judgment for the believer in Jesus Christ, separate from this judgment for the lost. But I read this to you. There is a great white throne of judgment lurking and standing in the future. Whatever you do with your life, remember this. If you will not come to Jesus Christ and you hear my voice today, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things written in the books, according to their deeds. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I've had some men tell me when I've witnessed to them, well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to die and then I'm going to try to do my own deal with God. It'll never work. There are no deals with God. There are no, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to die and then I, I'm just going to uh, hope and, and uh, per, perhaps I've done enough good things. God might give me a little break and give me a little slack. There is no slack with God. There is either judgment For being saved or there's judgment for being lost. If you choose to live your life without believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, even though you may be a very religious person, even though you might count yourself as quite moral, even though you might count yourself as very helpful to other people, if you do not know Jesus Christ and your name is not written in the book of life, oh, listen to me, it is appointed for a man or woman to Once die and then there is a judgment and the myriads and multitudes and millions upon millions who have walked on the face of this earth who do not know Jesus Christ will stand in this great crowd and they will be judged by the books. They will be judged by what they've done. Certainly no one here in this room would rather be judged by your works than to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who died so that you might be forgiven of your wickedness and your sin. But if your name is not written in the book of life, There is no hope. It's eternal separation from God. That is the great white throne judgment. The judgment is coming. Judgment will come. The Lord is coming. He is about to return and judgment will begin on the earth. And then there also is the judgment seat of Christ for believers. 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all, he's writing to Christians in Corinth. We must all, Paul says, appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for his deeds in the body according to what he's done. So how are you doing as a follower of Jesus? Listen, did you know? Did you know today if you call yourself a Christian, there is a rec- there is a recording of what you're doing, saying and how you're living. If you're standing for the Lord, you are you are You are going to give account for the way you have lived your life for Christ from the moment you were saved until the moment you died. What is it that you will do? Will you stand in shame in front of the Lord? Because, oh, you're saved. You're saved, but the rewards of your life are few because not that you were seeking rewards. You see, God rewards those who don't seek them, but the blessedness of being before the Lord when we're saved is that he says, well done well done, you did good, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm wanting to remind all of my brothers and sisters here. Now we talk about Jesus Christ who stands uh, and there he appears in the presence of God for us as long as Jesus Christ is eternally in the presence of God. Once you're a Christian, you're eternally saved. Your salvation is based upon the eternal permanent work of Jesus Christ, not upon what you do. You see now as a saved man or woman, I will stand. I will stand. Nobody's going to stand with me. Old Pastor Mike's going to stand there and have to give account for what I've done. I'm going to have to give account for my responsibility and my calling as a pastor and all the churches and places I've served, I'm gonna give an account. The Lord's going to call me to account for that. And so now you have the same responsibility to think about your life. You have the same response. This is what helps me, this is what helps me as a Christian to have holy fear of God. I'm not afraid that I'm going to hell, but I'm fearful that I might disappoint the one who has died that I might live. Today, there is a, oh, there is for us all, there is for us all a judgment seat. A judgment seat where it is appointed for men and women to die. And after this comes the judgment. So also, verse 28, Christ will appear a second time. For those who are eagerly awaiting Him. Now, Maybe you have loved ones that have gone and they're living somewhere else. You, you stay in touch by electronic means. You love it, but you can't wait until you can be together. Maybe over uh, the 4th of July, you were able to be with your loved ones in person. There's nothing sweeter than that. When you love someone, you, you, you don't like to be separated from them and you long for those times when you can be together. I wonder today how you're doing in relationship to thinking about the Lord's return. The angel said to the disciples when they were watching the Lord ascend into heaven. I'll just read it to you. It's Acts 111. This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you've watched him go to heaven. The Lord Jesus is coming again. Paul describes that Christians are looking for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord said it, maybe I I quote it to you every week, so, so I'll just read to you from Matthew 24 when the Lord says these words in verse number 32. He says, now learn the parable from the fig tree when its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves you know that the summer is near. Oh, now listen. So you too, when you see all of these things, recognize that he is near right at the door, right at the door. If you've been, you know, sometimes uh, when you're a teenager, happened in our family, uh, our parents would go somewhere And they'd go out for the evening and we'd stay there. And we didn't always do the things we should have done. But when we heard the car coming and when we heard the door turn, everything changed. He is at the door. He is not less at the door than he was yesterday. He's closer to the the Lord Jesus is about to come. We can tell the signs of the times and the seasons, but do we see that all of these pains, all of this going on in our world, all of these current events all stir together because he is is at the door, my dear friends, but are you waiting for him at the door? Have you gone to sleep? Have you forgotten to be alert and aware? Are you watching for him? Are you watching for him? Coming again, coming again. As I think about this, this hymn breaks into my mind. Coming again, coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, maybe soon. Coming again, coming again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. This is what the believer who's waiting says. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Jesus is coming again. So today, I remind you of this, verse number 24, your high priest is in the presence of God for you. Verse number 26, your savior died for your sins. And I remind you in verse 28, the Lord Jesus, our savior and king is coming again for us who are believers. So what do we remember about this? Well, the Lord Jesus appeared on earth to die for us. He rose for us, he sits in heaven for us, and he's coming again for us. Can can the Lord do anything else for you? He's done it all so that you might live in joy and be an overcomer for Jesus. Remember this today, if God is for you through the Lord Jesus Christ, who or what can be against you? That's the way we live, that's the way we live. In victory, and Jesus, our High Priest. Oh, think of this—he brings us to God. That's the way Peter described this. He brings us to God. He brings us. We come with Him. We are now united to Christ, and where He is, we are there. So, are you watching? What are you watching for today? You watching your clock to see what time it is? Is the preacher done? Well, it's eleven thirty-one. I'm just about done. What are you watching for today? You watching for? You, you watching for that? Uh, you watching for the stock market to go back up? What are you watching for? You're watching for gas prices to go back down? What are you watching? If you're watching for that mortgage rate to drop so you can buy that house? What are you watching for today? You're watching some of you young people on the days when you get older and you can get out of the house, and what are you old people watching for? You wish you could be young again and somehow do that, what are you watching for? Everybody in this room's watching for something. There's something that's got your attention, something focusing you on the future. I submit to you, oh, there is a glorious joy beyond all other joys when you set your mind on heaven and think of the Lord Jesus who is in the presence of God leaving that glorious place to come again for us. Oh, what a glorious day it will be for the saints. When he comes and removes us from the world. But oh what a horrible time it will be. For our friends and loved ones. And the generations who come after us. If it's not in our days. Who will experience a judgment. Beyond any written in the word of God. These things must touch your heart. I wonder today. Are you looking and watching for Jesus. And when you pray. Do you pray. Come Lord Jesus. Only People who love someone who's away say, I hope you'll come back soon. I hope you'll come back soon. That's the only those who who have expectancy for the Lord's return. But a lot of us, we've gone to sleep. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. The word of God says, the Lord Jesus quotes these words from Daniel. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. So it will be, John writes amen. To the praise of the glory of his grace. I remind this church as I seek to every time I stand before you, the Lord is at the door. I'm not being dramatic. I'm simply declaring to you what the Lord has said. The Lord is at the door. So how must we live? And how must we pray? Come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us.